Creative Sandbox Way podcast, episode 152. Hello, I am Melissa Dinwiddie, creativity instigator and author of The Creative Sandbox Way, here to explore and investigate anything and everything having to do with transformation through play and how creativity and play can help you live a more full-color life and be a better leader in all areas of life. This episode is sponsored by the 6th Annual Create and Incubate Retreat, September 12th through 16th, 2018. That's this year. Give space to your art for five days with me and walk away transformed. We will play for five days and you will transform. It's a small retreat, only 12 people total, including me. And most of those spots were snapped up by returning alums because there's just something so magical about being in a room together, removed from your daily existence, no laundry, <laughs> no having to cook, because all delicious meals are prepared for you in a beautiful rural setting with hawks and rabbits <laughs> jumping by periodically and deer walking by the window every so often. And you're in a room. Oh, and wild turkey, flocks of wild turkey. You're in a room and everybody else in the room is focused on their own creative projects. And you're focused on your own creative project. And, and it's like this, this buzz of this silent buzz of energy is in the room. It's, it's amazing there's something impossible to articulate in words about being in the room. Everybody's creative energy is feeding everybody else's creative energy. It's so powerful. Anyway, early bird pricing and installment plans are available. And you can see what past retreatants have to say about their experience. And come join us at Create and Incubate retreat.com. That's create and incubate retreat.com. So every week at the end of the podcast, I invite listeners to leave a review on iTunes or the Apple podcast player. And if the podcast has made a difference for you in your life, and you send me a note letting me know how it's made a difference, then leaving me that review is how you apply to be featured on the podcast in a listener spotlight. And today, I have one of those listener spotlights. Listener Joni Lynn Nelson left this review on iTunes back in, I think it was January of 2017. So over a year ago, she wrote, if you love to create art and struggle to take time to do it, Melissa shares great insights to help you to shift your mindset so you'll actually make time, even if it's just 15 minutes a day. It's so worth it. 
Melissa is an artist for a real heart for helping others, and you'll feel that connection with her in no time at all. Melissa has a heart full of artful, creative advice. Listen, and you'll be glad you did. So here's a little bit about Joni Lynn, being a lover of people, human development, and a strong sense of caring. Joni Lynn has always been fascinated with human behavior and the desire to lift others up so they can reach their full potential of peak performance. So she discovered Clifton Strengths in 2014, and that embarked her on a journey of becoming a strengths coach, which was the career of her dreams. And her strengths coaching company, Fly With Strengths, was established based on the idea that you can fly. And F-L-I is an acronym for fully leverage yourself and or fully love yourself. And for Jolie Lynn, there is no greater joy than to see a team come together working in harmony in the service of others or in seeing an individual light up with an inner glow as she or he discovers something beautiful and powerful from within that they can now share with the world. So it's a lot like a hot air balloon that transforms travelers from where they are to where they want to be. Joni Lynn inspires greatness in others so that they can rise high and fly with strengths. And Joni Lynn's greatest gift is the depth of how much she cares. And I have, as you'll hear in the in our conversation, I have had the great gift of getting the opportunity to be coached by Joni Lynn. So that has been a real treat and to get a un- deeper understanding of the Clifton Strengths and Strengths Finder, which we'll, you'll hear us talk about in our conversation. So without further ado, here is my conversation with listener Joni Lynn Nelson. Well, Joni Lynn, <laughs> welcome. I'm delighted to have you here. It's so nice to be here. I love this. Yeah, I'm excited. You wrote to request to be in a listener spotlight. You left me a lovely review on iTunes. And here's what you wrote. Reason for request to be a guest. I love that you rhymed, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) And you wrote, as you know, I love art. I am not, quote, gifted like many others who make their living at selling their art. Of course, I have to put a little insert there and say, I beg to differ. But anyway, you continue. However, I am passionate about being creative. For years, this comparison trap kept me from doing what I can and just enjoying the process. Your podcast inspired me to let go of perfection, to send my little gremlins to get a pedicure, to do small acts and focus on the process to have fun. I took your advice. And in a moment of inspiration, I created my best and favorite piece ever. It was done with ink, no pencil outlines, intentionally, so that all the imperfections were a part of the piece. I couldn't change it if I wanted to. Thanks for your inspiration, with three exclamation points, I will say. Yes, yes. 
in my coaching practice, and we'll talk about that in a moment, but we'll talk mm-hmm. about your coaching practice. So many of these principles spill over. And as you know, I am equally passionate about inspiring, other, inspiring others to be the best version of themselves. It's a process. We are not perfect. We focus on what we do well, ditch the comparison trap, etc. I know we'd have fun combining these ideas and spreading the word of how important creativity and personal growth are. Hugs. Oh my God, of course I had to have you on the show. (laughs) (laughs) It's so wonderful to be here because I love your show. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, I want to hear about this favorite piece you ever did. I want to, you know, the show of course is audio. Mm -hmm. So you can show me the piece because you and I are on video. I don't know if you have it nearby, but what I'd love it if you could share an image of the piece for the show notes, if oh, you'd sure. be willing. And I want to hear about that experience of creating that piece. It sounds like that was a new experience for you to yes. do, to go, to dive straight into ink, mm-hmm. not starting with pencil outlines. Tell me about that experience. Correct. Yes. Always having been the perfectionist. Mm-hmm. I would do everything in pencil so that I had the freedom to make mistakes, erase those. And then when I had what I wanted, then I would add the ink, the paint, whatever. Right. Cause you don't, you don't sweat it when you know you can fix it. Right. But by listening to you and watching you on Facebook and how you have that freedom of just, just start it's like, just start. Yeah, I could just do that. So I had, I had no idea what I was going to draw. Yeah. So I just started. I made a circle and I thought, hmm, I'll put some hearts in it because I love hearts. And I thought, hmm, kind of looks like a flower. So I made flowers, the flower petals. Yeah. And then I thought, hmm, what can I do with the flower petals? I wrote love in a constant uh, what do you call it? Cursive. Uh-huh. Stop all around. I traced all the petals. Yeah. So it says love, 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 love all the way around. And then it kind of just grew from there. I did the the stem with the each leaf in a continuous flow. So of course it wasn't as good as it could have been, but the process of letting it be what it will be was so freeing. Yeah. And no plan. It just, everything just kind of kept happening. And there was such a flow to it that I've never had before. And seriously, it's, it's my favorite piece. Wow. It really is. It's such a different experience, isn't it? To start from nothing and just respond in the moment to what's there Mm -hmm. rather than having an idea in your head and then trying to create in reality what is, you know, this perfect thing in your head. It's Correct. just, it's a very different experience. Yes. And you just nailed it on the head. I had no preconception, so I couldn't do it wrong. There, right. There was nothing that I was striving for. It was just a flow. So everything exactly. was as it was meant to be. Exactly. That that is exactly how it is for me as well. Yeah. That's why I love improv so much. And by improv, I mean anything, whatever the expression is, 
whether it's getting up on stage and improvising in front of an audience of people, which I know for listeners may may sound terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) It's something that I love to do now. It started off as something that was rather terrifying for me as well, but now I love to do that. Or sitting in bed in my early morning studio, as I like to refer to it, with a pen, my early morning studio, with a pen and paper and approaching the blank page or using my uh, looping app Mm -hmm. on my iPad and my voice or my ukulele or whatever it is, just starting with essentially the blank slate, you know, whether it's literally or metaphorically, it's a really different way to approach creating, Mm -hmm. especially for somebody, any listener out there who's who is used to creating from that place of, you know, maybe you're a realist artist, or maybe you're, maybe you're not a realist. I certainly have never been a realist, but I created, you know, I had a, an art career as, um, as a freelance calligrapher and artist creating to please clients. Mm-hmm. And they had particular ideas that they wanted me to manifest. And so learning how to create improvisationally has not been an easy thing to do, you know, letting go. Yeah. It seemed like that came um, like that particular piece of art. It didn't feel from your telling of that story. It didn't feel like that was hard for you. Not in that moment. No, I was, I was truly inspired. And then once I did it once, it's like, I've got to do this again. I haven't yet. (laughs) 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 I've already envisioned a theme of continuing to do something very similar, but yeah, I spent a weekend worked on it at different times that I could. And it was just a blast. And did you feel like, did you experience gremlins popping up during the process of creating that piece? A little, a little, but not like I normally do. Because Mm. like I said, I had no preconceived idea of what it was supposed to look like. So I had nothing to compare it to. It just happened. Yeah. I find that there's a point, even when I start with no preconceived ideas, there's a point when I start to like what's happening. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, quite often, there's a point where I start to hate what's happening. And the challenge is when I start, if I start to hate what's happening, the challenge is to not stop right there Mm -hmm. and throw it in the recycle bin or tear it up or whatever. And to keep going until I start to like what's happening. Yes. And I've learned to keep going in that instance and to go, it's okay. It's just going through its awkward teenage stage. (laughs) (laughs) And usually if I keep going, I will find some, something redeeming about it. And eventually sometimes now quite often, actually, I will fall in love with it if I keep going. Correct. Not always. I don't fall in love with everything. 
but I'm learning to see my work through other people's eyes. And often the things that the pieces that I make that I judge as, oh, that's an utter piece of utter crap. Somebody else will say, wow, that's amazing. I really like that. And then I'll, that will help me take off my gremlin glasses and put on neutral glasses. Somebody, you know, see it through somebody else's lenses and be able to realize, oh, there's value in this. If I put on their glasses, I can see the value in it and see it through their eyes. And instead of seeing it through my hypercritical gremlin glasses, which is super helpful. The other thing that's challenging though, is when I start to like it, you know, I started with no preconceived notions, so there's no judgment yet, right? But once I start to like it, but it's not done yet, then it's very easy to start to get precious about it mm-hmm. and feel like, oh no, now I'm afraid to ruin it, right? And that's why, that's why the guideposts, one of, one of the guideposts is number seven, take the riskier path. Because there it becomes very easy to say, well, I'm, I don't want to ruin it. So now I'm going to put it in a, on a shelf or in a drawer. Because if I do something to it and I ruin it, then I'm going to feel really bad. So better to just not touch it from here on out. No, 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 no. Because we don't want our homes to become warehouses for UFOs. Yes. Unfinished objects. We don't want to become... <laughs> UFO warehouses. I have those. <laughs> we all have those. And the goal is to not become a warehouse, a UFO warehouse. Yes. So, I mean, it's just a piece of paper or it's just a piece of canvas or whatever. Just, and because we're practicing think process, not product, ideally, and we're practicing think quantity, not quality, and we're practicing the, the big one, there is no wrong. Mm-hmm. Just crank them out. You're going to make another one tomorrow, ideally, right? Yes. I'm going to be on you about this one, Joni Lynn. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It was your guideposts that really, really helped because like I said, when I I did the flower and then I did the stem and it was, you know, part of the stem out to the leaf and then back to the stem instead of just doing a stem, which is how I normally do it, then Mm. add leaves because I was doing it in outline form. I had to do part of the stem the leaf and then finish and mm. the on the other side. And it was my first leaf that I started to fill in. So I was like, I am not real happy with that. Mm. However, my thought process at that point was a, there's, there's no wrong. So yes. just cause I didn't like it didn't mean it wasn't going to work. And then B, my second thought was can't get any worse. <laughs> And once I had that mindset of giving myself permission yeah. to just do what I was capable of in that moment, give myself that permission, self-compassion, just let it go. Everything else just really elevated. So I have one leaf that I'm not crazy about. It was the very first one, but everything else, I just, I just loved it. Even though it wasn't perfect, I loved it anyway. Oh, I love that so much. <laughs> Wow, you are such a creative sandbox guidepost case study success story. Yes. I love it. Yes, and your Woo. book was extremely helpful with that. That's fantastic. I love yeah. it. Yes, awesome reminders. Yay! I, I love that. Well, well, let's talk some about what you do in the world because you do some things that are hugely powerful and in 
just such alignment with my mission mm-hmm. out in the world with all the creative sandbox philosophy. Absolutely. Yes. I'm a certified strengths coach, which means focus on what you do well, focus on your strengths, build those, focus on the positive, not the negative. Um, and we, it gets a bad rap because people equate, well, then what do you do about your weaknesses? And they mistakenly think we say, ignore your weaknesses. That, that is not what strengths coaches are about. It's about focusing on your strengths because that's where your greatest power is. And I want to share a, a quote from Roger, Roger Fedorov, the tennis player, because he, he does it very, very well. Um, but you mitigate your weaknesses. Mm. And two-thirds of all of our weaknesses are actually our strengths misapplied, which means we have a lot of power to correct those quote-quote weaknesses just by understanding how our strengths work. They have contributions and they have needs, and it's when our needs aren't met that we tend to go toxic, we tend to get frustrated, we tend to show up ugly. But when we understand that correlation, we can self-coach through the situation and go, okay, time out. What, what strength of mine? Why am I frustrated? Oh, this particular strength, I've, I've got it way too high at the moment. I need to dial it down, calm down. Okay, now I can respond in a much more professional, productive manner. So we, we actually, it's a choice. Just like your guideposts, all of these They're a choice that we make, a conscientious choice. So life is full of choices. We have the power to choose to see things differently. We have the power to choose to respond differently. We have the power to show up differently. We're not perfect, so we're not going to get it all the time. But the more we focus on what we do well, where we're strong, keep lifting ourselves higher and higher and higher then the better we can see ourselves, see others, and respond in a more professional, in a more impactful way. So uh, Roger Fedorov was talking about how he likes to focus on his strengths as well. I don't know if he's referring to strengths finder strengths or just strengths in general. Uh, But he says, and I'm going to read this just as he said it, it was in a conversation. He says, I think many people always feel like they have to work on their weakness, you know. I mean, I don't know how it works in the business world as much, but anyway, in tennis, working on your weakness makes you an overall complete player, but you won't be dangerous anymore. When he said that, it's like, yes, he gets it. We have the unique ability to be the best at something that that we can outshine thousands and thousands of other people, but we can only do that by working on our strengths. When we do that, we're dangerous. Or when we do that, we're on the cutting edge. When we do that, we lift ourselves and others up. Oh, I love that so much. And you know, and I know, of course, but other people who are listening don't know that I have had the benefit of getting to be coached by you as a strength strategy coach Mm -hmm. and learning so much about 
strengths finder strengths and my particular strengths and how they play out. And that's been really fascinating. So I wonder if you could take, say, one of my strengths Mm -hmm. and talk about how one of those strengths works when it's, um, you were talking about our our weaknesses are often strengths misapplied. So maybe take one of my top five strengths mm-hmm. and talk about how when it's misapplied, it shows up as a weakness. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, probably I would, I would focus on input for that because okay. you have the ability to gather, 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 gather. And it's a, everyone's different on what they gather, but for you, you gather a lot of information. Right. And input is about gathering in order to share. It's it's a two-way process. We like to gather to share. If you put it in overuse, you do all the gathering without the sharing. And Kurt Liesfeld, uh, who was a strengths guru, compared input to a sponge. Yeah. It loves to gather, gather the water, but if you don't share that water becomes really stagnant and nasty. <laughs> really gross, like a kitchen sponge. Ew. Yes, ew. <laughs> so if you have it in overdrive, you're, you're gathering far more than you can track, far more than you can share, far more than you need, and it keeps you from being productive. So you learn to balance it. Now, one I want to really, really hone in, too, is on your connectedness. Mm. Uh, Connectedness is one that I just love and admire because it it sees all things as being connected in the world. So before you and I ever even talked about strengths, and I was listening to one of your podcasts, and you were talking about gremlins, and you said that you sent your gremlins off to get a pedicure, and I thought, oh, I love that (laughs) because I... I would, I would think those gremlins, they need to just die. They need to just get lost <laughs> like those gremlins. And yet you were so compassionate with your gremlins <laughs> to send them off for a pedicure. And I thought, I wonder if she has connectedness high because that's what people with connectedness do. They have, they're such a lover of people, animals, the universe, nature, because everything's connected, you wouldn't harm anything because in harming something, it's a, it's a trigger effect because it's all connected. Yeah. And come to and find out you actually did. So yeah, it's connectedness number one. Yes, yes. <laughs> and it shows up in everything you do and it's just beautiful. So something that I like for people to really, really understand is that of all the 34 talent themes, they're all beautiful. They all have something wonderful to contribute. Um, if we don't have that particular talent theme high ourselves out of 34, it's likely we won't understand it. And without some coaching and training, we're probably not going to see the beauty in it because we flat out can't see it and don't understand it. Yeah. And that's why it's really good for relationships of all sorts, business, teams, families, you name it. When you understand the other's uniqueness and you, again, focus on the positive, focus on their strengths, you begin to appreciate things about them you may not have noticed before. And the things where they're different from you, even though you might be scratching your head going, ah, I, 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 I don't get where you're coming from, 
but you trust the beauty in the strength that they have. And that's why I just, I love it so much. It's such a, it's such a way to get people to connect on a deeper, more meaningful level and relationships just through time and understanding relationships just really blossom. Yeah. So how, how is, let's look at back at connectedness as my number one Mm -hmm. uh, of my top five strengths, um, talent themes. If, if I'm running uh, super high in connectedness, how would that show up as a weakness for me? Wow. That's a very good question. Cause that's what I love so much. It's like, can it, can it be too high? Really? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. That's a very good question. Perhaps, perhaps it could be the, the Pollyanna effect of connectedness where you feel everything happened for a reason and it ended up just being time and unforeseen occurrence. So something mm. bad happens and you see that as well, it was just meant to be versus time and unforeseen occurrence. Mm. Things do just happen. So, well, see connectedness is 15 for me. So I don't see it the same way as you do. Um, well, yeah, it's true that I will always figure out a way to find to create meaning out of everything. Right, right. So that's a difference. Now, your number two achiever, that achiever. a little bit easier for me to yeah. speak on. Um, because when it's in overdrive, <laughs> because man, it's a powerhouse of get things done. And I admire achiever because if there's 10 things on your to-do list, you do not rest until all 10 things are checked off. Whereas achievers a lot lower for me. And even though I love getting things done, if I get three out of 10 done, I'm like, woohoo! <laughs> yes. And for an achiever, they're like, I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm so disappointed because I got three out of 10. That is, that is not good enough. So achievers can tend to put such a high value on getting all 10 done that it can be at the expense of the relationships. Right. Our self-care. Or self-care. Yeah. Absolutely. Or not taking time to do your art for 15 minutes because you have yes. such a long to-do list. And yeah. We know that taking time for your art, even if it's just 15 minutes, rejuvenates your soul. Right. And it, and it really lights you up. So the trick is to add to your list, do my little doodle in the morning. So right. It's, it's a win-win. Or something I've I've learned from you is to add to my list like chill out, yes, or take a nap, or yes. you know actually put that on my list. And I don't always get to everything on my list because I struggle with resistance and procrastination mm-hmm. and stuff like that, just like everybody else does. But I perhaps, and I don't know because I'm not these other people who don't have achiever as in in, in their top five or whatever, but. I would imagine that I have more feelings about that yes, <laughs> than yes. people, other people who don't have Absolutely. achiever up high. Absolutely. Yes. So we do all possess all 34 talent themes. We, we all have them. 
they're just at varying degrees. Yeah. So obviously, if it's in your top five, you tend to come at those themes, those strengths more strongly than someone who would have that at their 30, 31, 2, 3, 4. Yeah. Like my husband, who where where I like to have lots of balls in the air, his yes. goal I think is kind of to have maybe maybe a half a ball. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a quarter of a ball or maybe zero balls. <laughs> right, he, that's right. when he's happiest. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm like, no, I would be so bored. <laughs> and that's what makes a perfect compliment. You kind of learn to balance each other out. Yeah. Uh, actually, he's he has really shown me an alternative way of being yes. that has been so good for me. When we met, it's been over 10 years ago when we when we met, uh, I really was quite a workaholic and not that it was like, you know, earning me great gobs of cash or anything, <laughs> but I was working, staying up very, very, very late all the time and just really not taking good care of myself at all. And boy, I've changed a lot. And I have to say, I credit him with a good deal of that. He's not the only one, but he's a big, huge, huge piece of it. Absolutely. So in strength strategy, one of the things that we coach strongly is being at a place of strategic interdependence. I serve us so we can serve others. And it's at a place of positivity of, you know, I am part of the us. So I never take myself out of that equation. But the focus is on the us. So we can serve others. And that takes confident vulnerability, being confident in who you are, everything that you're beautiful at, you bring, you're talented at, and at the same time, not being ashamed by areas where you're not so strong. And that's where you allow other people into your life to balance you out. It's a beautiful, beautiful relationship when you understand that you're better with others versus being an island, being all alone. Yeah, you know, you you used a metaphor when when we started working together, you used a metaphor that was so beautiful and struck me so much. It was I think it was a sports team. Mm-hmm. Does that ring a bell? It was either a sports team or an orchestra maybe. Yes, and an orchestra. That's what it was, an orchestra where you know, if you have and I'm going to now take my interpretation of it that I'm sure is mangling what you said, but, you know, say you have an orchestra and I don't know how many pieces or a band. And if, if everybody's playing the same instrument, you're not going to have a complete band or a complete orchestra, right? You need to have whatever it is, the, the piano player and the bass player and the flute player and the, the drummer and they all need to be playing different instruments and different parts. And if, if one person tries to do all those different parts all by themselves, it's not going to work very well. Mm-hmm. You have to let like I, as say, whatever the ukulele player, yes, <laughs> let's yes, just say, <laughs> I have to let the drummer play the drums and not try to take their, you know, not try to be everything. Mm -hmm. Let them play the drums and let the piano player play the piano and let the 
flute player play the flute and whatever. Or if it's a sports team, you know, the quarterback can't also try to be the wide receiver and the tight end. And that's about the limit of my <laughs> knowledge yes, of yes. football <laughs> positions or whatever. Yes. They, they each have a role to play and together they make up an entire football team, but they can't all do every single role. Correct. And that was really, really important for me to hear that. And it's something like, sort of like, duh, but, you know, I really needed that reminder to sort of let myself off the hook Mm -hmm. as a lifelong perfectionist and recovering perfectionist, also known as intentional imperfectionist. (laughs) And by the way, I've said it a million times and I will say it again, another, you know, 50 million times intentional imperfectionism is exactly the same thing as self-compassion. Yes. Yes. It's letting yourself off the hook. It is forgiving yourself for being human. You have your unique strengths, your unique skill set of strengths, of strength, the talent themes, whatever it is that are unique to you. And that's really wonderful. Yes. And you get to develop those and you don't have it, it it doesn't make sense for you to try to be 100% at all say 34 strengths finder talent themes nobody is and you're not supposed to be right absolutely yes we gift others by allowing our weaknesses to be reinforced by others strengths amen and hallelujah yes we yeah. honor them by allowing them to help us Yes. So yeah, when you think about an orchestra, because that's such a beautiful thing, every instrument on its own has beauty. Has oh, they're just they're just wonderful. If you've ever been to an orchestra and everyone is playing their instrument, fine tuned, in key, on time, that symphony, that orchestra together, oh the the level of music and the level of chills you get down your spine is off the charts. Yeah. And if everyone went on their own little tune, instead of following the conductor, nightmare, (laughs) chaos, they're all, they're all talented in their own right. So it never takes away from any one individual for them to work together collectively. It's just like in a work environment, when teams come together and appreciate everyone's uniqueness, it does not take away from any one individual that the other team members have gifts that they don't have, have strengths that they don't have. It never takes away from your own value. We all have value just, just as we are. Someone else having different value does not take away from our value. Exactly. And when people can understand that, it's transformational. So on a personal level, this is why I loved becoming a strengths coach. I was a, I'm a recovering perfectionist and B in life. I would see people do something fun that I enjoyed something that I didn't enjoy, but they were great at it. They made it look so easy. So even if it was a task I didn't like, they made it look so easy. 
And I'd try it and I'd be like, oh, what is wrong with me? It's, it can't be rocket science. They're doing such a great job at it. Why can't I? And I felt so defeated all the time. And it wasn't till I learned that we're not all great at the same things. So if I work at what I'm great at, then I will be better at that than a whole lot of other people. But if I compare myself and think that I have to be just like everyone else, well, A, I'm not being me. I'm not being unique. And B, I'm not showing myself any self-compassion. Yeah. And I'm not doing the world a favor because I'm not shining in the only way that I can shine. Everybody can shine. But they have to do that by being at their best through their strengths, not someone else's. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And we get to give the gift of letting other people shine through their own strengths. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And that's one of the things that I love about your podcast and your book, because it's all about doing your best, whatever, whatever that yeah. is. Don't compare yourself with anyone else. And like you were talking about earlier, sometimes something we've done, we're like, ah, I'm just, I'm not real proud of that. Someone outside of us goes, wow, I so love that. Like I even bought one of your little miniature art pieces because it just spoke to me. I don't know how you felt about it, but I I adored it. It was one of my favorites. Oh, cool. It was very good. It was very good. But yes, just, I don't know. There's just something hypnotic about it. Well, that's, we had, we both had uh, really good taste in that one. <laughs> <laughs> but so going back to what you teach, you know, um, think quantity, not quality. That's what you do every morning. You just do a little bit. Yeah. And then at the end result, you have these really fascinating pieces of art. Yeah. And because I'm thinking quantity, not quality Yes. and tiny and daily, Yes. I, I make something just about every day and I'm not, and if I skip a day, I don't beat myself up right? and I don't double up the next day. Correct. I don't, I mean, sometimes I do, but I don't force myself to, if I feel like making two the next day, fine, but I don't force myself to, because that's a way of beating yourself up. By doubling up the next day, then it's no longer ridiculously achievable. It's no longer tiny and daily now it's it's not tiny anymore if it's twice as much yes. as my you know tiny daily commitment right that's a that's a way of beating yourself up so um yeah it's this little tiny and daily mm-hmm. and so that if even if i hate it it doesn't matter cuz i'm going to be making another one the next day and before you know it so like one it doesn't feel like i've done that much even if that's all I do, you know, all day long, like maybe all I've done is 10 or 15 minutes, like, eh, eh, doesn't really count for much. But if I turn around at the end of a week, I've made seven pieces. Yeah. I turn around at the end of a month, I've made 30 pieces and it, st- it starts to add up pretty quickly. Absolutely. So Absolutely. it really does make a difference. Yes. And there is no wrong. So even if you don't right. like it, someone else might just love it. Yeah, exactly. And it's still a learning process. 
right. you're still doing your art. And there's something so, so energizing and so freeing about doing something that just lights your soul up. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I really wish that everybody would, would do a little tiny practice like this because it's the ongoing nature of it that has been so profound mm-hmm. that, that really, I mean, I, I really feel like I, I hate to should on myself, but I really feel like I should write a book about it or something because that this, I've been doing a daily, uh, almost daily doodle for, it's been, I guess it's been like two years now mm-hmm. and it's, it has been transformative. Absolutely. That just like notice it's, and it's my golden formula at work. It's like noticing the self-awareness of what is happening in my thought. What am I thinking? What am I mm-hmm. feeling as I do these doodles? What gremlins are showing up? Mm-hmm. What, you know, what do I like? What do I not like? It's, it's, it's really an amazing spiritual process and meditative and it's profound. So I, I really wish people would try it and just, just to see what happens for them. And you know, your mileage may vary. You may have like, you're like yeah, doesn't do anything for me, you know, but I found it to be profound. So. Yes. And if they take time to watch you on Facebook, you actually do it live for people. And a lot of times you're talking through your process and mm-hmm. what you're doing and what you're thinking. And I don't know how you talk and doodle at the same time. When I doodle, <laughs> I'm being very quiet. <laughs> so kudos to you for that. It, well, it is interesting because it uses different parts of your brain to yes. to draw and to speak. So yes. you'll notice that my speaking is very kind of um stuttery (laughs) when I do that it's still it's still very fascinating though just to watch the whole process I'm glad I'm I'm very glad to hear that yes well Joni Lynn I feel like I could talk to you for hours this is really fun and I know I could talk to you for hours about your strength strategy coaching oh yeah um we I want to make sure that we get to our something cool. And then I want to find out, I want to, I want you to share where people can find you online, but I know you brought something cool, right? Yes. And I'm trying to think of the the name of it. Free conference call call. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So you can um, sign up and use the numbers that they assign you and you sign into it and, and share the link with someone else. And if needed, you can even do a recording. So it's a free conference call for two people and you might even be able to do more than I just use it for one-on-one in my coaching. So, yeah, I used to use that for um, years ago when I did my very first creative ignition circles. I think that's what I used Mm -hmm. and group, the group calls I used to run back in, I don't know, like 2010, 2011, something like that. I know, I know I used to use that. Yeah. It's a great service and it's free. Hence the name. That's, that's the whole thing is, you know, and I'm pretty sure you can probably upgrade if you need to, but if anyone's trying to start a new business, anything you can use for free to get started is awesome. So again, just start anywhere. (laughs) Exactly. Start anywhere. Creative Sandbox guidepost number five. Number five. Yes. Yes. So yes, I love that. So I live, I live by that a lot. That's really helped just every little point 
it's it's a small little point with a huge impact. Cool. Awesome. Yes. I love yes. it. Yes. Well, I do too. Yay. And I love your book. It's oh, so much fun. thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Well, and my something cool this week is uh, a little tiny physical thing. It is an IKEA shower suction cup hook. (laughs) (laughs) So in our master bathroom, we, my, my husband uses a washcloth and we have a, uh, uh, like a, a towel for wiping down the the areas where the water puddles yeah. to pr- try and prevent mildew and mold and all that stuff. And I was getting so sick and tired of, we have sliding glass doors for the, it's a tub shower, right? Mm-hmm. And I was getting so tired of the multiple washcloths and towels that were hanging over the shower um, sliding glass door, the top of the thing. And I finally was just like, all right, this has to, something has to change. So when I was at Ikea, I noticed that they had these suction cups with hooks. And then there was one thing that was a uh, suction cups with actually a towel rack. Oh, nice. So it's two suction cups with a towel rack. And they're not the most like, you know, glamorous, attractive. I think they're really made for like kids' bathrooms or something, but they, the suction cups have like little screw units on them. So mm-hmm. they're plastic and you, you, you know, they have, they obviously only work on smooth surf surfaces, but you press them into the tile and you screw down these little screw like things and they actually stay. So we have wow. one towel rack that holds a couple of washcloths and one hook that holds a squeegee, an Ikea squeegee. Oh, nice. And so all the shower clutter of washcloths <laughs> and things has been eliminated. And, you know, Ikea is pretty cheap. So yes, that's my something cool. Now, when I walk into the bathroom, instead of seeing ugh, all the clutter, it's, it's very ni- nice and tidy. So yes, I'll include yes. a picture and a link in the show notes. So that's yeah. my something cool this week. Neat. And that goes back to, we all have choices. Yes. So you, you made a conscientious choice to do something different. And now you have peace and harmony because you made a choice and did something different. Yes, exactly. Yes. So Joni Lynn, how can people find you? Well, I have my website at flywithstrengths.com. I might have to spell that out. Well, we'll have it in the show notes where they get it, but. Yeah, flying is all about fully love yourself. That's oh, I love that. Fly comes from. Um, some people find that a little bit too mushy. So it's also fully leverage yourself. When you know who you are, when you know what you bring, you can really leverage the strengths that you have uh, and you show up so much better. Uh, it can also be fulfill life's yearnings or financially lift yourself. Take your pick, whatever fits for you. They're all great. Yes, but it's all about being the better you that only you can be. So it's flywithstrengths.com. Love it. This has been so fun. I am so glad that you emailed with the request 
to be a guest. Yeah. Your your yes. rhyming request. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> what fun. And I would love a picture of that wonderful piece that you oh, made. Sure, sure. Yeah. And you know I'm gonna be after you to make more. Yes, yes. I will <laughs> I will do that. Absolutely. It it just wow. It's just so fulfilling to do something that you love, even if you can't do it for a length of time, just get in there and do it. I do doodle. I take a lot of notes, so I'm always doodling. Oh, that totally have... counts. Oh, good. I just don't of have course. anything to display on the wall. But yeah, I do. Oh, well, constantly. neither do I. <laughs> I've been a doodler since I was a little kid. It's, it's, it's hard to see anything I've written that I have to doodle on. <laughs> I doodle on my mascara if I've got a pin. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Joni Lynn, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for taking time to talk with me today. Thanks, Melissa. I could talk to you forever, so this has been wonderful. Thank you. Thanks a lot. That's it. That's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Joni Lynn Nelson. Let me know if you resonated. And thank you so much for joining me today. If you are getting value out of this podcast, share it with a friend. And I would be super appreciative if you would take a moment and hop on over to iTunes or the Apple Podcast Player and leave a rating and review. If you need step-by-step instructions on how to do that, you will find them at creativesandboxway.com slash iTunes dash review. That is creativesandboxway.com slash iTunes hyphen review. And email me to let me know you left a review and let me know how the podcast has made a difference in your own life if you would be if you would like to be considered for the listener spotlight. That's how you apply, just like Joni Lynn. If I pick you, we'll have a really fun, relaxed conversation and you'll get to be featured on the podcast, just like Joni Lynn. How cool is that? Here is what Map the Mind wrote. She wrote, creates a play space. That was the title of her review. Five stars. This podcast has stretched my own thinking about creativity and being an artist with a lowercase a or an artist with a capital A. I love the diversity of interviews and perspectives. Lots of learning and growth to be had here. Thank you, Melissa. Well, thank you, Map the Mind, for taking the time to leave a review. I really, really appreciate it. And it's not just for me. Every time somebody leaves a review, it helps other people find the show. So you're helping to change the world. Thank you so much. That's it. Until next time, thanks again for joining me. And go get creating. Subscribe at creativesandboxway.com slash podcast.